0: Good to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed the presence of the Lord. That was awesome worship to be in the presence of the Lord today. Thank the Lord for that. It is great to see Linda Labby here. Linda, would you stand? Do you mind just standing real quick? And there she is. Linda. Thank you, Linda. Linda underwent brain surgery, and there was a tumor. There was a growth there. And uh, they were able to get most of it out, and she just had a great spirit and just believing for God for the remainder of the healing, looking forward to meeting with the doctors this week to find out further what's going on. In fact, right there around, Linda, would, can we just have some folks lay their hand on Linda? And let's just pray right now for Linda. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you that your hand has been upon Linda. And Lord, we just pray for her right now that healing would continue. Literally, Lord, in the crown of her head, throughout her whole body. We curse this tumor we, and, and what remains in there. We say, be gone in the name of Jesus. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Linda, be healed in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory for the great things that you're doing. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Also, Tony uh, Zimmer has recently experienced some real uh, transformation. She's been struggling with a lot of complications in her neck and throat and, and, uh, and voice box and just everything. And so, but there's some healing happening there. Her spirits are turning around. Things are, things are taking place. We give God glory for that. Amen. So we just want to be careful to always give God the glory and the thanks for the great things that he is doing. And uh, there's some things that are going on that maybe we don't like, but God is still good, and he's a great God, and he's a good God. And we give you praise, Lord, for that. We are in a series right now entitled From Humbug to Hallelujah. You know what I think? I think there's a little Scrooge in every one of us. Sometimes, maybe not all the time, but every once in a while, we all have a little Scrooge on the inside of us. And this is, uh, you know, I talked last week about this idea that Scrooge, one Christmas Eve, had a wake-up call, quite literally, when he was met by these, uh, actually there were four spirits that met him, Jacob Marley, his dead partner, and then three other ghosts called the ghosts of christmas past present and future and uh as a result of that and the things that he learned there there was a transformation and uh one of the things that happened to him was that he came out of his own bitterness we talked about that last week that that marley was chained with bitterness and and he basically came to tell scrooge you're chained right now even though you can't see them you are all bound up in bitterness and uh so we talked about getting free from bitterness, and, and there is freedom. We can come out of that place of humbug, that place of uh, just discouragement and deep depression or, or just anger, frustration, disappointment, as the season sometimes perso- it, it, um, it blows it out of proportion. When we get into the Christmas season, sometimes we're supposed to be holly and jolly, and we feel depressed and discouraged and disappointed and trying to bake cookies, trying to bake our way out of it, or trying to decorate our way out of it. And uh, that generally doesn't work. It just creates pressure. And it mounts up the pressure, and it drives our spirit even deeper. But God comes to set the captive free. Today, we're going to talk about, and this is the title of my message, Joy to the Scrooges. Joy to the Scrooges. And uh, the Lord has come to set our soul into joy. And so I want to I want to talk about that today. In Luke chapter 1, I want to read verses 39 through 44. And it says there, now this is after Mary had been, it had been brought to her that she was going to conceive, and actually she now is carrying Christ in her womb. It says, now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened. Everybody say it happened. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeted, greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Joy came at the sound of your greeting. So look at with me at Romans 14, verse 17. Paul writes, and he says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What God wants us to experience is His righteousness imparted to us because we can't be righteous in ourselves, right? He wants us to walk with peace, to be at peace with Him, To know that we don't have to strive with God, and neither do we have to strive with people. But also what's really important to the Lord is that we have joy. That we be people of joy. And so if you feel a little Scroogey today, joy to the Scrooges. Amen. Amen. Lord, we welcome you here. Holy Spirit, please speak. Please say what you want to say. Do what you want to do in these next few moments. We need your presence. We need revelation today. In Jesus' name and everybody says amen. Amen. So the scriptures that we read there remind us and show us that when the presence of Jesus in Mary walked into the room, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and John leapt in her womb for joy Both Elizabeth and John experienced the joy of having encountered the presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. It reminds us of what Psalm 16 verse 11 says. It says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Where does the joy, where does the fullness of joy emanate from our life. Where does it come from? It's not because things are good or things are not so bad. It's the presence of God. The joy of the Lord is from, and it, and it derives from, and it originates from the presence of God. And that's so important. That's so key for our understanding. So when we receive the spirit, if you will, the spirit of Christmas, we experience the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all of the fruit of the Spirit. But I want you to notice, second on that list is joy. That's really important for us to understand. When we experience, when we get a true, when we receive the true spirit of Christmas, has anybody said, oh, where's your Christmas spirit? Anybody ever said that? Maybe you said that to somebody this week. Well, sometimes we need a—we need an a, a, uh, an infusion of the Spirit of God because that's where the joy is. It comes from the presence of God by way of the Holy Spirit. And this is just so important for us. A year ago, I don't know if you know if this exists, but a year ago, the World Happiness Report came out. I don't know if you know that there's a World Happiness Report. But it came out and one of the things, one of the findings that it reveals is that the United States, which is arguably the wealthiest, richest nation on the planet, at least among the top tier, we rank 15, number 15 on the scale of happiness. So we have All this wealth, all this prosperity, everything at our fingertips, even in a pandemic, we don't even know how to handle a pandemic when there's not something on the shelf at the store that we're so used to getting, where in some countries they wait months to get that product all the time. But we have all of this power, we have all of this wealth, we have all of this riches, and we are down on the list of people who are truly happy. And it just reminds us of Jesus' own words when he said that one's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. You don't get joy and happiness and fulfillment of life through your possessions or through your circumstances. Joy and happiness and fulfillment in life come from a person. And that person is the experience the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside. In our lives, we live in a world where we believe and live by the mantra, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the problem. We're pursuing happiness when we need to be pursuing presence. Come on now. I already said you can't bake your way into a happy spirit. You can't decorate yourself into a joyous celebration. We're pursuing happiness when we should be pursuing the one who can truly make gladness a reality in our spirit and bring joy to our heart. It's the only way it works. Scrooge, Scrooge had plenty. He had everything, but he was the most joyless, person in town it was said of Scrooge that darkness was cheap and he liked it and that not only means that he was a miserly kind of person who didn't want to spend his money but it revealed the darkness of his own spirit of his own attitude that's the way he carried himself there was no joy there but after his encounter with the three ghosts Scrooge underwent a complete transformation he woke up excited, and merry again, and you remember in the story it says, he's, he's, saying, he's bouncing around his room, I'm as light as a feather, I'm as happy as an angel, I'm as merry as a schoolboy, I'm as giddy as a drunken man. Did I say that in church? Yeah. And it goes on to say that Scrooge began to prance through the streets, and he would talk with the homeless and he would pat children on their head and he would peer into people's windows and he was and he was just amazed that everything he encountered he found pleasure in he had lived his life without pleasure with just kind of morose and discouraged and always just down and out but now there's this he's had an encounter that's just completely transformed him And and he never realized that he could be This happy, Charles Dickens wrote. He never knew that he could feel this joy, this much joy. And this is what he said as a result of that. Scrooge said, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year. I will live in the past, present, and future. Talking about the three ghosts that he experienced. The spirits of all three of them shall strive with me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Well, when I read that, and I was preparing for this, I thought, you know, we don't, there aren't three spirits that we encounter. There is one Holy Spirit of God. But there are some lessons that he can bring to us today. There are some lessons of the Spirit that we can learn in this season of how to walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit and in the presence of God. Amen. Are you ready for this? Just three simple things. It's not going to blow you away. The lessons of the Spirit for us, I think, this morning, so that we can have joy to the Scrooges. Uh, Lesson number one, let go of past regrets. You're going to have no joy if you hold on, if you walk your life and live your life over the past regrets of things that have happened, things that didn't happen, Choices you made. Has anybody in this room ever regretted anything? I know some people will sound off once in a while and they'll say something like, well, I wouldn't change a choice. I wouldn't change a thing because it helped to make me the person I am. And I'm sitting there thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Are you out of your mind? The very Reason you are the way you are is because what you did. Give us all a break. Oh, I wouldn't change a thing. Really? You wouldn't change? And I know this is going to sound hard, but you wouldn't change being a spouse abuser? You wouldn't change robbing that bank? You wouldn't change cheating on your wife? Of course you don't really mean that. We get through. We do things. We've been places. We've made choices that have been devastating and heartbreaking. And as fathers, sometimes we weren't there for our children in the way that we should have been. Or we made decisions that brought pain to others in our lives. That's the past. That's my experience. That's my reality. But in Jesus, that's not my life. That's not my identity. That's not, that, that doesn't determine where I'm going. And see, when God showed up at the very beginning of the Christmas story, the very first place he started by his Holy Spirit is he went to an old man by the name of Zacharias and encountered him there in that temple and told him, that salvation has come to Israel. Israel was a wayward, rebellious nation. And for 400 years, they hadn't heard from God. And they just had given up all hope, basically. They were waiting for their king. They were waiting for their Messiah. But one day, God finally showed up. Aren't you glad when God finally shows up? He does show up. Amen. And you know what he said? He said you're going to have a son and that son's going to be very very important because he's going to bring rejoicing to the hearts of many. People are going to rejoice at the day of his birth. And then the angel said to him in verses 15 Luke 1:15 he says for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. In other words, He won't need alcohol because he's going to be anointed. Amen. And he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. We read where that happened. And he will turn many to the children of of Israel to uh, to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Listen to the message of the Lord. He's going to show up and he's going to turn things around. Well, always has been, the way it has been in your life, the things that you, you the, the, the regrets that you may carry with you, the rebellion, the terrible choices, it's all going to turn around. Hallelujah. You don't have to live in the past. You don't have to live on your history. You can walk with God and start making a brand new history today. Praise God. Come on now. Can I get a good amen? When Scrooge said, when he said, I will live in the past, I don't think he meant, I'm going to go back and live in my past. I think he was saying, I'm going to learn the lessons that were shown to me about my past. And I'm going to leverage it from here on. Amen. Come on now, that's good news. You don't have to live in your past but you can learn from it the goodness of God and leverage it, take the lessons of it because the Holy Spirit is always teaching us and guiding us into all truth. And he can take those broken places and those difficult places and those rebellious places and he can turn them now that we've received the Spirit of God and we can turn, amen. We can have a turnaround Christmas. And all through the year, what do we need to learn? Don't live, in, don't live in your past. Learn from it and leverage it for now. Well, here, let me just kind of give you a couple of good ideas. I just want to remind you that your past does not now define who you are. That's what I was. That's what I did. That's where I was at. But that's not me now. Second Corinthians 5.17, anyone who is in Christ is a brand new creation. Old things have gone, now new things have come. I may look old, but I'm brand new. I'm the new and improved by the Spirit of God. And so... I'm not going to let that. Listen, stop letting your past tell you who you are. You need to pull out your ID when the liar comes and wants to check it. I don't know why. I don't. Have you ever wondered why those cameras, when they take your ID, make you look so ugly? (laughs) Or is that just the way it is? I don't show people my ID except if i leave the na- the states or something like that i don't show that well listen you have nothing to be ashamed of because the picture of you is jesus that's that's who that's who you are that's your identity amen don't let your past define you Listen, let me also just say this about letting go of the past regrets. We can't change our past, but we can change. I can't undo what was done, but I can experience a transformation in my life where there's healing now, and I don't live that way, and I don't make those choices. I live this way, and change can really happen. Remember the demon-possessed man that Jesus he was he was demon possessed he was an outcast in his community they he, they chained him up and he broke those chains and he and he cut himself and he hated himself and he ran around and he was just a completely broken and messed up soul. And Jesus came and brought healing and sanity and and clothing and restoration back to his life. And the man said, I want to go with you wherever you go. And Jesus said, no, what I want for you is go back and tell everybody who put you here. Tell the ones who put you here what God has done for you. You're a changed man. You can't change what you've been, where you've been at. But you, you can change. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Also, I think it'd be important to let go of the past regrets is that we understand that our past is part of the growth of our maturity right now. God can use our brokenness. It's kind of like a, I, would, I would describe it as a tailwind. You know, that what happened back there is not my identity. I can't change it, but what I can learn from that can be a force driving me, if you will, forward. It's like in the words of Pumbaa. Remember his words? You've got to put your past in your behind. Timon said, no, no, you idiot. So what do you do? You put it behind you. And interestingly, somehow, something about that has no bearing on me, my identity. But there's something about that that gives me force. Paul said, what I'm doing is I'm forgetting the things that are behind. and I'm pressing. Forgetting? Pressing. It's almost like that forgetting became like a tailwind. Pushing, propelling. Not going to let it weigh me down. I'm going to put it behind me. And the force of that and the determination of my spirit is I'm moving on. I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn from it. So that when Scrooge said, I will live in the past, he meant, I'm going to learn what I need to learn and leverage it. For the will of God hallelujah come on amen so lesson number one let go of past regrets lesson number two live in present power live in present power so after God showed up to Zachariah and talked about John later Gabriel came to this little virgin girl this young teenage girl And walked into her house and said, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored. And God is going to conceive in your womb a child. And he will be called the Son of God. And of course, we all know Mary's response. How could this be? I've never known a man. How can this happen to me? A person like me, a humble, simple, just an average teenage girl like me. And then the Holy Spirit said, or um, the angel Gabriel said in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, he said, the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born in you will be called the Son of God. And then it goes on to say that after uh, when Mary went to Elizabeth's house and they had this kind of hallelujah session about, you know, that she's, got, she's going to be carrying Jesus, it said Mary began to sing or say, Mary said in Luke chapter 1 verses 46 through 48, And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit, look at it, has rejoiced in God my Savior. See the joy, right? She says, uh, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. I've got to find a... Clinic somewhere around here. There's one over here. Sorry. I've been a little bit snotty up here. There's no greater joy than to have the full presence and power of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's just no greater joy. She was expressing joy because the Spirit of God overwhelmed her, overwhelmed her. And she now was, as it were, taken over. And she was just living her life. She was just going through the motions of her life. She didn't think very highly of herself. She saw herself as a simple person. But now the Spirit of God came. And her life changed from just kind of going through the motions of life to life with purpose, life of power, to live, to really be alive. You know, in the movie, A Christmas Carol, Scrooge was alive, but he was not really living. He was going through the motions. He had a lot of wealth, but it didn't mean him any good. His own nephew said he has wealth, but it does him no good. He was just existing from day to day to day. He was breathing, he was eating, he was walking, he was talking, but he was really dead. And there was no joy in his heart, and he had no, he had no meaning or purpose in life. He didn't want to give to people. He thought people were a problem. He thought he, they might as well hurry up and get dead, were his words. This is the way he lived his life. Because he was living somewhat out of the brokenness of his own past, and because he had grown so discouraged and dark in his soul that he was just going through the motions of life. And let me tell you something. Here's what happens to some of us. We can be alive and not act like it, feel like it. Even Jesus wrote to a church full of people in Sardis and said, you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead He's saying that to believers. He's not talking about their spiritual condition or their position in Christ. He's talking about the spirit of the, who they are and what they're feeling and the choices they're making and the way that they're walking now. He's like, you're not really fully embracing life. You're not living in the present. It can happen. And sometimes it's nothing like Christmas to make this more evident. Nothing like a season like we're in. And the pain and the problems and situations we've been through over the preceding months or maybe years of our life to when we get into a place where it's supposed to be one way, it only accentuates the bad. And the joy is not there. And we don't live in the present. And, uh, but I love the, I, in, my, in the movie when I watch it, because I didn't, I never read the book. I just watched the movie. And uh, in the movie, the, the, the angel of Christmas present shows up. And he's a gentle giant. And he's a happy, the Bible, not the Bible, Charles Dickens said, close to the Bible. Charles Dickens said that his eyes sparkled and his hands were open. And his voice was cheery. And he said, come in and know me better, man. You've never seen the likes of me. And so Scrooge encountered a picture. Oh, and then it says "It says that he ha- he wore a, gr- a long, plush green robe. And I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know, green in the Bible is the color of life. I don't know if Charles Dickens was... You know, had had a plan there. I don't know. But, but green in the Bible symbolizes, represents life. And it was like the ghost of Christmas present was saying to this man who was alive but really dead, you can live. It can be different. Not only do you not have to live in the past, you can let go of past regrets, But you can live in the present. And then he took him on this journey across town to different friends and different places, and he was seeing the reality of their life juxtaposed to his own life. And he could feel the emptiness, and he realized the brokenness of his own life. He began to see that there is a different way, a greater way, a more fulfilling way. I bet you didn't believe a preacher could preach yelling about Charles Dickens. It's my problem. I yell too much. But he he was awakened to, you know what? If I'm going to be alive, I might as well live. If I'm going to be alive, I might as well live. I mean, you know, if if I'm going to walk on this planet, I can either mope and grope my way through life or I can shake off those shackles and I can live. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of a person, the second thing on the list is joy. And it's joy, as Peter said, unspeakable and full of glory. Why receive, why embrace discouragement and depression and just anger and frustration at life when we can? Rejoice in the Lord and have joy in the Holy Spirit. So how do we do this? What does it mean to live in the present? Well, just kind of going back to Mary, here's some starter ideas. When the angel said, you're going to bring forth the son, her first response, I don't know how this could be. I don't know how this could happen to me. And he said, well, this is the way it's going to happen. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to overwhelm you, overshadow you, envelop you, come upon you. That's you and me, too, by the way. That's you and me. This is a picture of what was going to take place for every one of us, the overshadowing presence of the Holy Spirit, enveloping our lives, right? And she said, be it unto me. Surrender. Surrender. How do you live in the present? Surrender to the will of God for your life. You've got to say yes to God before you know all the answers. You don't know what's coming, but right now the best way to live in the present is to say, okay, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, not mine you're going to live in the present, you can't wait on, you can't check God out and be like, I'm I'm going to see what he's up to. It doesn't work that way. You say yes, and then he starts to unveil the page one after another. Amen. And then believe what God says. Believe the word of God. The Lord said, the angel spoke the word of the Lord to her and said, God will, you will conceive. And then when she went to Elizabeth's house and she greeted Elizabeth, Elizabeth just broke out in prophecy over her life basically and said, blessed are you because you believe the word. You believe what God told you. And if we're gonna live in the present, we need to really believe the word of God. What God has given to us If we're going to embrace life, we're going to have to believe the word of God for ourselves, that this is God's word for me or anything he's whispered in my soul and live it out. If it's worth reading, it's worth believing. If I'm going to read it, I might as well believe it. Amen. Is this okay? Are we going anywhere with this? Here's another thing. You're going to need to walk a different walk to live in the present. You know, when Mary became pregnant, she started swelling. She started getting bigger. And that's what happens when Jesus gets on the inside of you. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to make Christ bigger in you. And it's going to change everything about you. You're going to it's going to change your appetite. You won't believe what you want to eat. No. It's going to change the way you walk. It's just going to change. The whole experience is going to change you from the inside out. So to, to live in the present is to live in the presence of the Spirit of God working Jesus through me. Because he's not only wanting you to get a lot of Jesus, he wants the world around you to experience Jesus. Mary was a vessel for us all. Think of that. Think of that. She was a lone vessel for the entire world and universe of time. So are you. So are you. A little bit different, but no less important, no less powerful. Praise God. Amen, church. One final lesson I want to talk about here today, and that is the lesson of the Spirit would be number three to look to future hope, let go of past regrets. I'm going to let go of things I can't change, but things that are not me, they, they're not who I am. Got to let, let that go. I'm going to walk in the joy of the Holy Spirit. And then, number two, what did we say there? We have to uh, live in present power. I should pay attention to my own preaching. And number three, look to future hope. So the story goes on and says that when uh, Jesus was born, that on the eighth day they took him to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord essentially. And the Bible says that there was a man, an old man by the name of Simeon, uh, that it says of him that the Spirit of God was upon him. Just like the Spirit of God was upon Mary Spirit of God was upon this older man. His name was Simeon. And it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 26 and 27 that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the Christ's child, to do for him according to the custom of the law. So I just want you to see that. he, The Spirit of God was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah. And then, on a not planned, no, nobody texted each other, you know, like, I'm going to be at the temple at 8, 9 o'clock or whatever. I mean, he was just prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple that day, and it was that very day that the Christ child, Jesus, was brought there. And then it goes on to talk about how he took him in his arms, and he began to prophesy over him, and he prophesied to Mary, and he and he just he declared the goodness and the salvation of God, that salvation has come to Israel. And he also went on to say, To the Gentiles, me and you, all of us. But I want you to see something about this, because this man was older, he had been given a promise, and so he had waited a really long time, and we don't know how long, but we know he's an older man, and he's been waiting for a long time, and then... prompted under direction of the Holy Spirit, probably thinking, this is just another day in my life. This is just another day of waiting. To his surprise, God shows up and something changes and the promise comes to fruition and he's holding this promise in his hands. Have you ever been, have you ever waited on God for anything? And you've wondered, God, where are you at? Because I've been feeling like you told me, and I've been feeling like your word, I, I believe the promises of your word, but I don't see the reality of those promises manifest in my life right now. And, you know, this can be a very discouraging thing. This can be a very frustrating thing to have promise, to have hope, to have to have these th- this feeling like this is God's will for my life. This is what God told me. This is what God said to me. And yet I don't see it. I'm not experiencing it right now in my life. And it can be very discouraging and frustrating and maddening. I mean maddening. It can make you mad. Amen. But the Holy Spirit is the key. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, staying full of the Spirit's presence. Walking in spirit power is key. Because the Holy Spirit is true to his word. What he says will come to pass. What he promises will be done. And so I need to wait patiently for the will of God to come, just like he said it was going to come. Everybody say wait. Wait. Everybody say wait the most fun thing to do, right? One of my favorite Tom Petty songs is the waiting. It's the hardest part. That's the hard part. The waiting is the hard part. It's tough. It's difficult. But when we wait patiently on the Lord, good things happen. And we not only wait patiently, but we walk sensitively. It says that the Holy Spirit, he, he came by way of the Holy Spirit to the temple. That means I, if I'm going to have a hope and a future in my life, then I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting in my life at all times. Stay close to the Spirit of God. Stay close to his heart. Stay close to his word. Let him move you where he wants you to be. He'll bring you where you need to be. And see, that's where joy rises up in our hearts when we allow and walk in the Holy Spirit to such a degree that I, things are not just accidentally happening in my life. Things are happening by divine design Amen. This is what brings joy. Amen. To know that my life is in the hands of God, but not apart from my waiting and walking. Wait patiently. Walk with sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Paul says in Romans 15, 13, Julie, would you come? Look at these words. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Would you read this out loud and with me? Now may the God of hope, let's start again. Class, everyone, together. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Leave that up there just, Carrie, if you would. Now may the God of hope. You know what hope is? In the Bible, hope is never, oh, I hope it, I hope so. I hope it'll happen. I hope it'll work out. That's never, that, that is not the definition of hope in the Bible. An uncertain wanting. That's not hope. In the Bible, hope is a confident expectation. I maybe don't see it, but I fully expect it's going to come. Like the coming of Jesus. Hasn't happened. But I fully expect that just like he came 2,000 years ago, he's going to come someday again. And he's going to take us into a whole new realm of living. I know that. I believe that. So he says here, you, you don't know what your future's like. Well, you got hope. The God of hope, watch this, fill you with all joy. See what, what, when you and I really step into the hope, we look to the future with hope, with confident expectation, joy begins to rise up in our hearts. It shifts our spirit from humbugging to joyfulness. Joy rises in us. That's what needs to happen. We need, a, we need a Scrooge experience with the Holy Spirit. Not four spirits. One Holy Spirit. We need that hope restored in us. And it brings joy and it brings peace and believing that you will abound in hope By the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? Joy to the Scrooges. The Lord has come. Amen. If you have felt a little Scroogey. If you have felt a little depressed. If you have felt a little joyless. The Holy Spirit is here today. To restore your joy. Can I have the prayer team come? Could the prayer intercessors come? And in a moment, we're going to dismiss. And if you need prayer for anything we talked about or didn't talk about, maybe you're at a place of making a decision in your life, or you just, you just want to feel God's touch today, these good people will be so willing to pray for you, to pray for you right where you're at. But if you want a fullness of the Holy Spirit, you say, man, I, I want more of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Acts, several times it says that they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So one, a, a key way, it's not the only way, but a key way, according to the Bible, to receive a fresh grace and a fresh fullness of the Holy Spirit is just to say, is just to come and make yourself available and they simply lay their hands on you. And they become a conduit of God's outpouring in your spirit. God can fill up your heart today with the precious Holy Spirit. Amen. And he wants to give you more of his presence. So I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, you can leave or you can come. The choice is yours. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you for your presence here today. You're so, so, so good. Help us to never lose sight of how good and how great you really are. And Lord, I pray especially in this season for us all, Lord, that there would come an outpouring of your Spirit upon us all. Meet us, Lord, even if by surprise like you did Mary that one day or Zachariah or Simeon. They, They were not expecting to encounter you. But they did. And it changed their soul. It changed their heart. We need that today, Lord. May it happen, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 God bless you as you go.